but every great beer is an even better story. Welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews. My guest today comes as a gift from a friend of mine who is very well known in the industry as a talented marketer, Zoe Ottaway. When I went to Zoe with the idea around talking about social media in the craft beer industry, she very kindly joined the dots between myself and Mariella Mejia. In her words, Mariella is simply a brilliant human. I could go into her social media prowess, knowledge of generally everything and having the best smile on the biz, but I won't worry about that right now. Thanks, Zoe. Mariella has been a freelance marketer, worked on craft beer festivals, and now runs a digital marketing agency called Made With Moxity. Made With Moxie is a digital commerce and paid media agency that growth hacks businesses and sells out events with a real focus on social media and digital strategy. Mariella has an impressive list of clients both in and out of the beer industry working on some pretty cool social media campaigns including one with Henry Rollins and Mercedes-Benz. I'm looking forward to exploring all things social media on this chat and hopefully giving some of you who run businesses some tips to take your social media posts to the next level. So welcome to the Beer Healer Interviews, Mariella Mejia. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to exploring the idea of social media in the, the craft beer world and hope, hopefully giving the listeners some tips to improve what they are doing in this space, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? I My motto is that social media shouldn't hurt. You know, it shouldn't be something you think about at night. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, before we go on, I'm just going to put it out there that this episode may take a little bit longer than usual to get through because I'm going to use your words. You said that you could talk underwater with a loaf of bread in your mouth. (laughs) You're spot on. You're absolutely spot on. I'll speak at them like 100 miles an hour though, so we'll be okay. (laughs) It's all good. But look, I figure that there might be a few people out there who are involved with, with craft breweries that might appreciate some tips and tricks on the very, very complex topic of social media. So let's kick it off at the high level. Whether you're big or small, you need to have a strategy when it comes to your social media, don't you? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, um, when I usually get called in to come and work with clients, uh, they say, look, we really want someone for our social media. And, you know, I get it. I, I go in and I look at their social media. I'm like, you're absolutely right. You definitely need someone for your social media. But the social media is kind of like the end channel, right? It's, it's the channels where you're actually telling people the things that you already, like all the steps along the way. Um, and social media is just one part of a giant strategy. And, you know, it has to involve your marketing. It has to involve your your brand. It's got to, you know, your tone of voice. It's, it's absolutely everything. So having a strategy, like a set strategy from the way, from the beginning is the best way to approach a social media. So almost backwards. I, um, I once worked with a marketer who described, uh, you know, a marketing strategy as a bit of a bird's nest. You're picking bits and pieces from all over the place to, to create this one final thing, which was what you took out to market. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I thought so. But look, a social media strategy doesn't need to be a 40-page manifesto, does it? You just have to sort of have an idea of what you're really trying to achieve by by doing this, don't you? Yeah, look, made with Moxie, what we do is that we're results-based marketing agency. So what we want to see is using whatever channel it is, whether it's social media, whether it's your website, whether it's, you know, whether it's a podcast, right? What we want to see is that we we want to get your results out of it. Now, Results can be really different from all sorts of companies. Um, you know, I've worked with um, some very large 
global uh, beer brands and their results are very different to, you know, some of the craft beer independent um, brewers out there who, um, you know, actually want sales and they want all their marketing to affect their bottom line. So the first things first is to really knuckle down on what it is that you want to get out of it. Um, sure, there's likes, sure, there's following, and they're all vanity metrics, um, which they're important. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you have to really knuckle down on what it is. First things first, what is it that I want to get out of my social media? What is it that I want people to know? Where is it that I want them to go? Really basic stuff. Hey, listeners, sorry to interrupt, but I'm after a bit of help, please. I'm really keen to climb the What's Hot charts on iTunes, and the only way to do that is if you help me out by rating, subscribing, and commenting on the podcast, if you haven't done so already. Thanks for your help. Back to the podcast. And then I guess I guess the next thing to consider is, is basically your audience. Um, you really need to understand who your audience is, but how do you go about that whole discovery process? It seems a bit difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? This is, I think, the bit that people um, mostly struggle with in social media. Um, and what I say to people is that we've never had so many channels, direct channels to speak to people, right? Um, you know, back in the day, uh, our distribution channel was mostly TV. And it was almost, if the way you look at it, it's a little bit like a one-way street. You know, you were it was just the brand throwing messages out there and it was a one-way street super easy. You just go down the one way, you know, it's super, super easy, super expensive. So, you know, they're the channels that we had back in the day. And now we've got, you know, hundreds and thousands of channels and way more um, creeping up every day. Some that I'm fairly certain you hadn't even heard of, but are mostly uh, this particular app that I'm thinking of has more downloads than Instagram, but we'll get into that um, a little bit later on. Um, Sure. I think, what brands tend to forget now is that it's a two-way street um, and marketing has changed. The way marketing used to be done, one-way street, super easy. All you needed to do was put money behind it. Now we're in the, it's a two-way street and it's a highway and it's a multi-lane highway and you're getting messages coming at you and you're putting out messages and which, you know, which one lands, which one doesn't stick. Um, I tell people all the time that we're in the, um, we're in the, the era of the Shannon Knoll you know, the what about me. And that's literally <laughs> what your audience is thinking every single time that they get a post. They're like, yeah, well, what about me? Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It is. It's the era of Shannon Noll. He's making a comeback. Um, and, or, or for those uh, older listeners out there, maybe it's the era of moving pictures. There you go. Hey, see what I did there? Huh? Yeah, Just trying to relate to the 40-year-old blokes out there? And we, you know what? We need to try and relate to the millennials. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it is, it's actually marketing. A lot of marketing now, especially social media, hasn't become about the brand anymore. It's almost become about the user. And the first way to really find out about who your people are and what they're interested in is to actually really delve into the data. A lot of what we do when we start working with people is that we um, really do a deep dive into like, what are people clicking on? What are people liking? You know, what are they sharing? Um, And it's really fascinating because a lot of the time we sit in, I'm going to say a little ivory towers, but we're definitely not sitting in ivory towers. (laughs) We're probably sitting in like tin sheds, a little bit sweaty, you know, with a, with a smell of beer brewing somewhere. Um, That sounds sounds like heaven to me. Yeah, I know to me as well, especially (laughs) if we get to wear shorts and like, you know, heavy duty boots. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know what? The, 
most of the time, and marketers are to blame, I'm to blame as well. Um, we sit, we sit like in our offices and we go, okay, these are the marketing messages that we want to bring out there. And truth of the matter is that the people that are consuming our beers or wines or food or, you know, our events, they have a very different um, experience to what we're having. So the only way to find that out is through people's actions. Like getting stuck in and actually seeing what is it that people are liking, what's actually working, what's not working. And that's not something a, a craft, a small startup craft brewery can't necessarily do it on their own. So, I mean, that's where without blowing your trumpet, like that's where someone like yourself comes in because you need to know where to go to find that data to make sure that you're going to get a return on any investment you put into this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you can blow my trumpet all you like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it is. You know what, it's thankfully the platforms have become a lot easier now in the sense that you can actually find out this information, but you can also go on gut feel. Um, you know, if you don't have the budget to hire someone externally or you don't have a budget to hire someone in-house, what you can do is actually go on gut feel. Um, one of the things that I do, um, which is actually not very environmentally friendly, so I don't recommend this at all, um, maybe stick with a screenshot. So back in the day, what I used <laughs> to do uh, was that um, I used to print out every single post that we were to have done for, let's say, a quarter. And I used to put them, uh, I used to try and find the commonalities between them. So I used to put them up on the wall in, in this very crazy style, stick things up on the wall everywhere. Um, and then I used to be able to find the patterns of things that had really worked. Um, now, and it is an incredibly involved approach, but um, it gives you an idea of what's actually working. You know, is it is it photos of beer? Is it photos of beer being poured? Is it actually humans that's actually working better for you? Is it events? Is it festivals? Um, get a really good understanding of what's actually working. And you can do it from a gut feel down to how many likes you get. Well, that's that's some really good advice because you sort of often see uh, from from breweries that, that haven't really got this all sorted. They're either just sort of putting out the same pitches all the time or maybe they're not well-framed pitches or they're not really sure about their messages. They're mucking around with the hashtags. So I think that's great advice. Just take a look at what you've got out there and just see what's working for you and then you get to understand your audience a bit more, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I had a conversation last night with a, with a beer brand um, that uh, that is being imported into Australia and they their Instagram was just full of photos of the same bottle over and over and over again. Um, and if it wasn't the Boring. same bottle, yeah, if it wasn't the same bottle, it was like skimpy clothed women with the bottle. Yeah. Like, um, okay. I was like, oh, wow, we've jumped back into the 90s. <laughs> I was going to say, they're really, really in touch with the now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, maybe don't do so much of that. So, uh, so yeah, look, getting a real feel for what's working. And the only way to get a real feel is to test and learn. So that's my first piece of yeah. advice, everyone. Test Fair enough. Learn. Now, I want to talk about timing because a lot of social media success comes down to timing. So, so you understand your audience and then you want to post it at the time that your key audience have time to look at your post, if you like. So, and you want to know how that you can then cut through the clutter and also, you know, not just what time you post, but how many times a week that your audience wants to hear from you. Now, you know what? I love that you said that, Chris, because this is something that um, Thank you. I, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? This is something I, I really, I'm, I live a contrarian lifestyle. Have you heard of the contrarian lifestyle? Explain, I'm, look, I'm a very basic 43-year-old man. <laughs> Explain it to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically every advice that people give you, you go against it. You sound like my 15-year-old son. <laughs> 
you know what? I, we have a lot in common, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> do you know what? There's a lot of social media advice out there that I think is quite baffling. And I, and look, marketers are to blame because um, because it started off that way, right? Like social media. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, maybe like six, seven years ago was a was a thing of like you know gaming timing and putting things out at the same time and um, and then Facebook got really smart you know Facebook who owns predominantly nearly every social media platform and even platforms that you didn't even probably think they were owned by Facebook like WhatsApp WhatsApp <laughs> yeah and when yep. people are like oh I don't do Facebook I, I'm on WhatsApp and I'm like mm-hmm. tell me again mm. how that's not owned by Facebook yeah you do yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, they're very smart. They're on to us. Uh, so it's constantly changing. So the contrarian lifestyle that I was telling you about is that I actually don't recommend people stick to a particular timing schedule. I don't recommend that they post at a particular oh, right. time or day. I know. See, welcome to the contrarian lifestyle. <laughs> well, this, this is great because I've been running all of my Be Here social media posts around the same time thinking that that's what I still had to do. Yeah. Do you know what? Well, let's look at the landscape, right? Let's look at the world. Now, if that's sure. the advice that every single brand is getting, that means that between the hours of 7 p.m. and let's say 11 p.m., every single brand is posting at exactly roughly the same time. You've just blown my mind. Right? So imagine, Ugh. and now the algorithms of every single social media platform, even Twitter, even though that's that's. Twitter's a different beast. It's a, it's a bit of a nasty beast lately, but it's a different yeah. beast. But every single platform has an algorithm. Now, the algorithm is an auction-based system. You pay, you go right up to the top. You don't pay, yep. it decides where you live based on what you're doing. Now, if every single brand is posting at roughly between 7 and 11 p.m., that's a hell of a lot of brands. So we're basically cannibalizing yeah. ourselves. Uh, like by just absolutely like... Think of like crabs in a pot, like everyone's just trying to get, you know, get to the top, right? Um, yeah. So that's why that's why I don't actually recommend the time. Okay. Well, that's that's. I'm glad I got you on because, oh, well, I've learned something and I'm assuming that <laughs> others will have too with that. That's great. Now we're all going to start posting at 11 a.m. and I'm going to be like, guys, what the hell? Let's go back to 7 p.m. Uh, can, can, can we just pause this podcast for a second? I've got to go and make a few posts. <laughs> <laughs> Go schedule them at 7 a.m. Um, no, yeah. You know what? It, you really have to think about your audience, right? And you think about the timing, the context of your post. Um, for example, uh, you know, if you're going to post a late night post, you know, don't do it in the morning because it's a late night post, right? So um, yeah. it's actually getting like really understanding where, the how, the why, the who, um, all that basic stuff. So when you when you understand that, that's a really good place to start. Oh, that's that's good. And and what about the content of your post? Like if if I'm as beer healer, if I'm posting beer pictures all the time, do my followers also want to know about my attempts to you know start skateboarding with my son or whatever? As long as there's beer. <laughs> Skateboarding with beer, right? Okay. With a beer in your hand. You know what? I think I, I think one of the best things about social media is that people get really bonded to people's stories, right? Um, I would love to see photos of you trying to, you know, skateboard with your son. Do you skateboard with your son? I'm curious now. We're going to turn the podcast around. <laughs> no, I, I have been lately because of my 15 year old, you know, just making sure that I'm still relevant in his life as a dad, mm-hmm. and because at this age they start to move away from you a little bit. So I've really been trying to make an effort to. You know, skateboarding is something he loves, and I used to do it as a kid. So I I've uh, crashed a few times and dropped into a few ramps and that sort of thing. But I was posting them on my 
beer healer sites and getting really, really um, high view rates. See? Because <laughs> you know what? I would not um, have thought that. Because you know what, Chris, at the end of the day, yes, it is a podcast about beer, right? But it's also your podcast and it's the things that interest you. And beer is just one aspect of all the many things that interest you. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think um, some of actually some of the best social media um I guess channels that I follow that are beer focused are actually really small independent craft breweries. And the reason I follow them is because they're personal, you know, you can tell that there's, that there's love behind it. It's not just like a, not that there's anything wrong with agencies. I own one. Um, and a lot of the <laughs> things that, a lot of the things that we try and do is, is become a part of your team, like actually become your marketing team. Um, and yeah. not just some people in, you know, that are like, oh, here's a pretty picture of a beer being poured. No, it's actually telling your story. Um, yeah, it's authentic. It's authentic. It's, you know, it's homegrown almost. It's probably a bit of an overused word these days, but it does count, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And look, even the way that platforms are being, um, are being serving content, right? Like they're serving content, um, putting preference behind your friends. Now, what if you, Chris, could become someone's friend, you know, through the beer healer? Like, you know, all of a sudden, like it, yeah. it all marries. So um, definitely, I wouldn't say, you know, overdose on uh, on skateboarding pictures, <laughs> but, um, but have, a, have a nice balance. Oh, so I've, I've got to throw in some pictures of my cats and dogs that too. That works. You know what? Nothing works like cats and dogs, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, lately, uh, videos with my wife trying the beers has been uh, a bit of cut through for me too. How interesting is that? You know why? And I can tell you why. Tell me, tell me. Because the core of everything is emotion. Now, if you Ah. can put a post out there, like if you put a post where you're like, you know, I love my wife or it's your anniversary or or something like that, people get really emotional. They they feel it. So um, that's a really important part of social media as well. Watch out. First of December this year, I'll be putting up a post about our 20-year anniversary. On the field. Oh, 20 years. Now, that's a milestone worth sharing. (laughs) <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> um, let's try and let's try and get this back on course right now. We're going to have to move a tangent. I also give relationship advice, anyone. Oh, you're amazing. <laughs> what? So back on the idea of content, you know, obviously with all of these sort of uh, social media pipes, photos are really important. And we've all got cameras in our pockets these days, but we aren't all professional photographers. And there's often a big difference between someone, you know, slapping up a a quick snap and someone actually staging a professional shot and editing it before they're sharing. But I kind of feel like that not all shots needs to be staged. Sometimes there is something really nice about capturing, sharing a moment as opposed to that, you know, traditional product shot, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You need to choose your channel. Um, it, It really does depend on what channel you're sharing on. And I talk a lot with my clients about the culture of each channel. So every channel has its own nuances, right? Um, and a lot of people tend to go down the... Share, share them with me if you could. Yeah, of course. So look, Facebook is um, Facebook is an interesting beast in the sense that you can do so many different things. Um, but stories haven't been something that's taken off on Facebook. Just because it's just, yeah. it's, it's just culturally kind of... Inappropriate is not the word, but it's kind of uncool to do stories on Facebook. Um, but yet on Instagram, stories are going gangbusters. So yeah. those nuances of each platform are really important um, to everybody's success. Uh, you know, if you were to put an incredibly doctored picture on Instagram, it's jarring on the newsfeed. You know, you look at it and you're like, oh, that looks like an ad. Um, but it 
kind of fits yeah. better, you know, on platforms like websites or, you know, campaigns on social media. Like if you're doing paid advertising, that's, you know, you kind of do want it to look like an ad. Um, so when you're doing campaign stuff, I think it's, it's quite good to have those really high level professional shots. But when you're focusing on things like Instagram, you know, that's why filters are there. You know, it makes it look, makes it look better, but it also makes it look part of the platform. Yeah. You mentioned emotion a little bit earlier, and I feel like that could be the beauty of Instagram for me is that you can capture the emotion and the moment. It doesn't have to be a stage shot. It can still convey your brand essence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know what? The interesting thing on Instagram is that a lot of people don't read. You know, I see so many people that uh, do Instagram, these, you know, Instagram images and these huge explanations on Instagram. The way Instagram's designed, like even doing paragraphs on Instagram is difficult. You know, the way Instagram is designed, talk about culture again, is that it's very image forward. Um, so, yeah, capturing capturing what you want the essence of what you want in an image is so important on that platform. Then you can do the words on Facebook. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. What about video content? Like it, I mean, I, I know I produce video and it takes me a lot of time to to produce them, but do you do you sort of in your experience see engagement rates increase in line with the effort required to produce such content? Yes and no. Um you know, I think uh, everyone's, you know, everyone's gone, oh, video is fantastic and uh, has made the switch to video for getting images as well. So I think I think you have to have a really healthy balance. Um, the way I kind of look at social media content nowadays is a little bit like fast food. Um, you want it to, you know, you want it to be delicious. Uh, you want it to be engaging enough, but also quite disposable. Um, going back to what I said to you a little bit earlier that, you know, the audience is in control because if at the end of the day, it's their actions, it's their movements, it's their likes, it's their comments that really um, determines the success of what you're doing on social. Um, so you want it to be something that that's great, you, you know, polished enough, but also not so polished and not so time consuming that it, it bombs. Um, and I worked in really large scale agencies where we spent hundreds and thousands of dollars on videos that just don't fit platforms. Um, so that stuff is really important as well, that you really, um, that you make it fit where, for where you want it to go. Do you think uh, Instagram video is, is, is going well or is it still all about the photos on Instagram? I think, I think on Instagram it's very much that disposable Instagram story. Um, even within Instagram stories, if you look at a photo for 15 seconds, it's almost a little bit too long. Um so I would say that even Instagram story yeah. videos is probably the best platform. It also allows you to be really smart about your videos. So saying more, like saying everything in less. Um, I tend to find that a lot of people when it comes to advertising or it comes to products, et cetera, they really heavily advertise. Um, a friend of mine just before said to me, you know, be the story, not the ad. Um, so I think that's really important. I think I think that's, for me, it's a real line in the sand on, on any social media um, platform is sometimes you can go too much and people start to look at your posts as a, advertisements, which we all know that they are, but you want to try and disguise them just enough so that people think it's it's content, not advertising. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what it's like, Chris? Actually, I, this is the way I approach, you know, I told you I was going to give you relationship advice. Now I'm going to give people relationship <laughs> advice. This is kind of how I approach campaigns um, and how I approach a lot of social media is that it's a little bit like dating. Um, it's, you know, there's a few swipings here and there, but um, but essentially when you go out and date someone, you take them on a first date, you don't turn up on the first date and go, hey, I love you, will you marry me? Because people would think oh, that you're that's crazy. where I went wrong when I was younger. 
hey, it's working for you. 20 years, listen, working. Um, but, you know, you usually don't go and do that, you know. Um, I hope anyway people don't do that. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, you know, you don't, you don't go out and you give it all on the first day. It's little bit by little bit. And, you know, what you do is that you build a relationship based on trust, commonalities, a bit of humour, um, you know, whatever you build a relationship on. Um, and then eventually, you know, further down the track, you've, you've invested so much time, effort, you know, what have you. Um, and then you can actually sit around and actually ask, A, for the sale with the wedding, what, whatever way you want to look at it. But that's kind of how I would approach and that's how I do approach our social media and our advertising as well. So it's not just screaming at you, you know, that's like, buy me, buy me, buy me. It's like, hey, here's this thing I think you might like. Oh, and by the way, here's this thing I think you might like. <laughs> so you need to build trust, but you also need to convert over to these sales. So, you know, calls to action, links in bios, Absolutely. offer codes that you can track. They all play an important part in, in justifying the investment in a social media strategy, don't they? Absolutely. But you got to do the long-term approach. You know, if you start going in, um, like, you know, uh, currently we're looking after Good Beer Week and, uh, and one of the things that I've been doing is actually trying to convert new people to Good Beer Week. There's a lot of people that already know about Good Beer Week um, and how exciting it is and all the incredible events that there are. Uh, but there's a lot of people that probably have heard about it, don't know that much about it, and it's actually break it down for them saying, hey, I, I think you like beer, so I think you might like this. And then breaking it down even further by saying, do you like food with beer or do you like music with beer or do you like to, you know, <laughs> skate with beer? Um, yeah. It's breaking it down even more. Um, so. So, yeah, look, call to action are really important, but they're the end result, right? So you've got to build that relationship first. Let's break it down. Social media posts aren't worth the effort if people don't look at them. And one way to increase that uh, – oh, look, I could be wrong because I was wrong about the last one. I was going to say hashtags. And, look, I find these quite confusing. They don't really mean anything on <laughs> yeah. Facebook, but they're pretty much king of the world on Instagram and Twitter. How can I use my hashtags better? You know, talking about um, – the cultures of different platforms, right? Like on Instagram, it's acceptable to use 30 hashtags. Yeah, and they say use them all. On Facebook, it's like, yeah. <laughs> on, on Facebook, it's like, oh, that actually hurts my eyes. Um, so, look, hashtags, I'm going back to my contrarian lifestyle. Um, I'll actually ask you, Chris, how many hashtags do you follow? Just a pure hashtag on Instagram that you follow. Oh, no, I don't actually follow any hashtags, but I do click through if I see – you know, pictures that I like and I want to see more of, that sort of thing, but I don't follow a hashtag. I just follow people or brands. <laughs> you basically answered my question. <laughs> um, Damn you, Mariela. <laughs> i got nothing now. Next question. No, no. <laughs> no but I think, <laughs> I think you're right. Look, it's I follow one or two hashtags. Now, the hashtags that I follow, um, I live in a, in a suburb within a suburb called Cremorne, and I want to know what's happening yep. in my suburb within a suburb because it's really, really small. Um, and the other hashtag I follow is actually I think I follow the Good Beer Week hashtag, and the, I mean that's mostly for work, but that's about it. Yeah. So out of the thirty hashtags that someone would put somewhere, you'd probably look at one, maybe two, um, that are completely yeah, irrelevant. Good, yeah. um, what I say to people is, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, right. So it's about flipping the coin, and that's kind of what I want. Um, a lot of people to think about is um, yes, we can put hashtags. If I want to, if I want to hack your likes, I'll put hashtags up there. And it's mostly because um, there's a lot of bots that are out there looking for those hashtags. Um, 
Yep. If you want to interact more and get more likes and actually build connection from people to people, um, sometimes looking at relevant hashtags that work for you. Like, for example, I, I own an e-commerce store as well, um, and it's all based on curly hair products. Now, there's a hashtag that's like, um, I think it's like Aussie curlies or something. Um, actually, when you say it out loud, it doesn't sound right, but, um, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it sounds really wrong. <laughs> actually, it's a really good hashtag because it's, it's everyone who's in Australia that has curly hair. Um, so it's actually a really Fair good enough. hashtag. Need to jump on board and uh, and you know go and converse with other people, um, or go and like their post or see who they are. So context is really important as well. Um, but it is really that connection between person to person that really makes the difference. And I know that's really not sexy because it, it involves a lot of work. Um, but my mm. view would be that stick to the hashtags that are really relevant to you. Um, if you want to hack your, the algorithm and get really high likes and all that kind of stuff, put your 30 hashtags. <laughs> Fair enough. It actually leads on beautifully into my next question. So, you know, once your post's out there, it doesn't just stop because social media is very much about the resulting conversations that you're going to have with consumers. And I feel like you need to put just as much effort into that. And that's, that's part of the stuff that I absolutely love. Yeah. It's, um, do you know what? I, I really love the relation, the human side of social media. And I think that's a bit that we forget about social media, that there's actually someone on the other end of the phone yeah. um, that's got like a really diverse background life and, you know, different tastes. And I love that. I love trying to get to know those people. Yeah, nice, nice. And what about on the on the consumer side of things, you know, when when you're replying, do you have to sort of have an agreed, consistent approach and a tone of voice as if the person who's typing on the keyboard is the brand and not mixed response styles based on whoever's turn it is to take the iPhone home and reply to the Instagram account messages? <laughs> um, that person always ends up being me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 11 p.m., who's, who's messaging you back? It's Mariella. <laughs> Um, Do you know what? It depends on your strategy, right? So this is where we go back to the strategy. Um, It depends on what approach you think suits you best. Um, So I used to work with a – I'll just tell you what I used to work with. I used to work with Kmart, and uh, and our approach with Kmart was that um, yeah. that it was a personalised approach. So you would actually get a name of a person. So the way that we responded, yeah, so it was the oh, tone right. voice of the brand. Obviously, you know, because it's a corporate brand, it was particular. It was friendly. It was polite, but it was also a little bit formal. But at the end of it, we'd all sign off our name. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. So that you'd actually you knew that you were speaking to a human every time, which I think is amazing. Um, that suited Kmart because their strategy was such that you know that's what they wanted you to see, like you know that you had customer service, like actual customer service from a person. Um, yeah. And then there's actually other brands that just want you to reply just as a brand, and their brand has a particular tone of voice. I guess it depends on what you want to do with your social. So. If there's several people, maybe you do want to go for that approach where it's like the different people are responding to you. If you're a small brewery and, um, you know, it's just, you know, you and let's say Tom, then you guys can have an agreed approach or you can sign off as, you know, Chris or Tom. Um, It really is depending on what you're comfortable with and what you're going to 
what you're going to, it's like an approach, it's a blanket approach. So it's like the way that it looks on your website, the way it looks on a flyer, it has to sound the same way on social. And that's what I love about Zoe, actually. She's, you know, an incredible brand expert um, and brand matters. So making sure that your brand goes from the very top right to the very bottom um, is super important. So cohesion is is key. And what about actually uh, responding in a timely manner? Is, Is that important? Yes, I think so. Um, you know, a lot of people want the instant. That's why they go to your social media rather than emailing you. You know, on email, yeah. they're yeah. 24, 48 hours. Um, on social, they want the response. Yep. <laughs> so um, being timely is great. Yeah, no, and you know enough. what? You see things like Facebook now that's like improve your timing response and blah, 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 um, because it matters. Um, so yeah. I would say, look, realistically, a 24-hour response on social is top. Um if you can do it quicker, even better. Okay. Yeah, right. That's interesting because I was I was getting worried when my response times on my Facebook page were out to half an hour or whatever. I thought oh, I need to be better. <laughs> do you know what my rule of thumb is? If they're public, um, try and jump on them as quick as you can. Um, if they're private messages, you know, twenty four hours is acceptable. Um, if it's something really quick that you can respond to, usually do it quite quickly. I say. And what about we we all get them the negative comments? What's the best way to tackle a negative comment? Oh, do you know what? These are. This is hard for every single person who yeah. owns their own business. I totally get it because somebody has come and is like they've got no idea of everything that's happened behind the scenes. You know, all the all the late nights, all the turmoil. You know, all the cost, everything. You know, the Excel spreadsheets down to the cent. They've got no idea and they don't care. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And it hurts, right? Like it totally hurts. Yeah. Um. There are some people that are just jerks. Yep. My cool. my rule of thumb is to, and you know what? We've also perpetrated this, right? So um, people have started to get what they want very quickly on social because they've caused a fuss. And so, you know, now if you don't like a particular brand, you just go and cause a fuss. Yep. My rule of thumb for every single operator that's managing their own social is take a step back. Take a couple of hours away from it. Don't stew on it. Don't write back straight away because it's so easy to be knee-jerky. Um, and I've done it myself. Um, I'm guilty. I run a I run a marketing agency and I have responded to someone very knee-jerky because how dare they not understand? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know what? My first step is, is take a break, take a step back, get some perspective. Um, my next step would be to say, okay, how can we diffuse the situation? because you don't want this situation to, to get bigger. In my experience, what I've found is that when, um, when someone's really upset and someone else, like someone from the brand has jumped in and has, you know, put a little bit of fuel in the fire, what they start to do is that unhappy people start recruiting. So now not only are you battling the fire of one person. Getting a lynch mob together, Yeah, absolutely. It happens. It absolutely happens. They get their friends involved and their friends get their friends involved. And before you know it, you've uh, you've gone viral for all the wrong reasons. So my first step is a, you know, step away. Second second part is diffuse the situation. And the way to do it is to be, to acknowledge them. Say, hey, really terribly sorry or really sorry for your experience is one of my favorites. Um, It's not the experience we wanted you to have. Uh, Either say you'll follow it up or say, you know, noted, thank you for letting us know. Um, There's a lot of people that jump in and start offering 
freebies. Yep. I think it depends how bad, it depends on the situation, right? There are some situations where it calls for it. There are others. You know, actually, I had a, a really good uh, example recently. Um, there was a, a group that went to a cellar door of one of our clients that we manage, and the group were incredibly intoxicated. Um, and this cellar door is such that it's incredibly um, intimate. It's very quiet. Um, it's very designed for you to really get to know the winemaker and really get to know the wines. Um, and this group were carrying on like it was Christmas. Um, and it was a weekday in the middle of the day. Um, the cellar door manager actually said to the group, the group manager who was driving said, hey, you know, I think I think you should move on because, you know, this is getting a little bit out of control. And he largely ignored the advice. Um, so it escalated to a point where the cellar, cellar door manager actually asked them to leave. Oh, wow. Um, and which can be, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I know this person very well, so for he and he's incredibly timid. So for him to ask them to leave, it must have been pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so what's happened is that uh, these intoxicated group jumped online and started, you know, bad mouthing this particular brand. Um, and I had to mediate between the brand and the and the owner because the owner was like, "Tell them they were drunk, and he's our RSA." And rah rah rah. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell drunk people they're drunk. No. Um. So, look, what we ended up going with was like, you know, groups do need to book. And the reason they need to book is because we need to accommodate them in such a way. Yep. Um, and that our cellar door is designed to be quite an intimate space. And we're really sorry that they didn't have the experience they wanted. We hope they'll give us another chance at another opportunity. Yeah. So it's really just bringing it right back down. Um, and that's really important for, for breweries and owners to – so really, listen, not not everyone's going to love your brand. Not everyone's going to like the taste of your beer. Um, do the best you can to diffuse the situation. And sometimes, and we've seen it in the past, like sometimes people just delete negative posts. I mean, just recently we saw the AFLW um, post with Taylor Davis and how Channel 7 pulled it down after negative comments and then they got further negative comments for doing for doing that. And I don't want to get into what, who was right or wrong there, but it just got to show you that this, this thing called social media can be really volatile and you, you can't afford to go into it with Absolutely. your blinkers on, can you? No, look, um, I can tell you who was in the wrong there. <laughs> um, do you know what? It, I think it's really important. You know how we're talking about, I think people get really stuck on the on the channels um, and what's happening on the channels. Um, I think it's really important that we, we lift our heads up from the screen and actually see what's happening around us. So one of the things that, um, was it Channel yeah. 7? Was, is that Yes, yeah. Channel 7, cool. Channel 7, I'm speaking to you. <laughs> but uh, it was Channel 7 that just didn't read the social sentiment of what's happening around us at the moment. You know, this female empowerment, um, really breaking down sexual harassment, you know, all those things. They didn't actually stop, look away from the screen and go, what's actually happening? What an incredible opportunity they had to jump on board and go, actually, do you know what? This is an incredible female athlete. How dare you? You know, your comments are unacceptable. Um, and they, unfortunately, they did the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, they just didn't read what was what's actually happening in the world. Um, and that's something that we forget when we're on social as well. So that's important to remember. You've got responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That some people—I mean, some people really are jerks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes you have to actually jump in and say, "Do you know what? That's actually not what our brand stands yeah. for." You know, this is actually—we're not about that. We are about you know empowering, you know, breweries or women or 
um, conversations, whatever it is. Yeah. Now, look, speaking of um, responsibilities on social media, something that seems to be forgotten by many people is that there are rules that apply in terms of more traditional media channels and they still apply in the social media sense as well. You've got the, the ad standards body and the alcohol beverages advertising code. So, you know, things like you can't yeah. show someone getting drunk or misusing the alcohol, you've got to depict adults who are over 25, you can't emphasise the ABV, mm-hmm. you can't hint that drinkers are going to, you know, have increased chances of finding love, you can't appeal to minors and so on and so on. And these are serious, and we haven't really seen anything massive in terms of punishment yet so far, but it could be coming, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, do you know what? There was a complaint recently that I read about um, that went to ABAC, and um, I can't remember the brewery or the situation too well, but but it is happening. Um, And it's something we really need to be conscious of. Um, You know, it is – there's another one. Actually, this one's quite – quite common where people put their pets in front of uh, alcohol. So it looks like the, the pet was drinking alcohol. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No go, guys. <laughs> no. It's great to have a fluffy dog in the picture. It always increases engagement 100%. Um, but being responsible online is really, really important. You know, RSA still applies online. Um, not being offensive, uh, you know, I – I love the um, was it the was it Bic that made pens for women? Um, you know, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, no. So yeah, it's really important. Uh, and again, it goes back to social sentiment, right? Like, where are we currently socially uh, in our social structure? And the difficulty that we have as well is that you know, where are we in Australia? Where are we in New Zealand? Where are we in the UK? Wherever your product is, you need to be incredibly culturally sensitive. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And look, so if you if you are a business, there's so much to think about here. But also at the end of the day, if you're if you're a business and you want to make money using social media to help you do that, you need to get bang for buck. And one of the ways is is by amplifying your bang by paying for promotion. But there's also some some things you need to consider here as well, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. There's um there's many different things. You know the the type of ads that you're sharing, um, Facebook has an incredibly strict policy on on, yes, uh, on alcohol, um, yeah. and they come after you if you promote alcohol in, the, in a really bad way. And they don't just come after you; they delete your account and they don't give yes. it back to you. So I've heard that. Um, yeah, yeah, they delete you, delete your ad account. Um, it's super important that you play by the rules. Um, they are readily available online. No one wants to read terms and conditions and privacy policies, I hear you. Um, but if you really are going to start doing ads and self-promotion, you know, have a look, first have a look at the policies and two, um, which I see happens a lot with brands is um, – Because like so for example, when you uh, put in on Instagram, you have options whether you want to send people through to a link or a call to action and that sort of thing. Is that what you mean? Yeah, so for those that do actually manage their business managers or their ad managers, the campaign level actually tells sets the objective, right? It actually is like, do I want video views? Do I want click-throughs? Do I want whatever it is that you want? The way that the algorithm works or the paid advertising works is that the people who are most likely to take that action that you've set are the ones that are going to get served your ad. So if I'm looking for sales or conversions, the people who have actually bought something through Facebook or Instagram or bought things online, they're the ones that are going to get served the ad first. 
So it's really important that you set your objective, then you get your audience, and then you get your ad. That is great because I'm, I'm putting the lens through that like you asked me before about how many hashtags do I follow, how many pieces of equipment or whatever have I bought online via Instagram? None. So when, I, when I'm thinking about that, I, I just hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, and you know what? You may have not bought products from Instagram straight away, but you may have bought it further down the line. So attribution is a really important part as well. Um, you can set your attribution, whether it's you know one, one day after a click or um, all seven days after a view. So it really does depend which cycle of um, advertising. And, you know, this is the part of, I think, social media that um, a lot of people get really, really wrong. Um, and it's easy to get it wrong because it's designed to be really difficult. Um, so understanding <laughs> it really is. It's gotten easier since I started. I remember when I started doing ads like maybe like five, six years ago, it was such a complicated system. It was like learning a new language, um, but it's a little bit like um, like stockbroking. Uh, it, it's it basically you're, you're rigging the auction system all the time and understanding uh, yes. and understanding yep. also attribution. You know, when, when did this person look at my ad when they, and then when did they buy and where they are in your user journey. So, for example, you know, you might have abandoned at a cart why did you abandon your cart? You know, you're at a different sales stage than most people. So yep. getting really super strategic about your advertising is the best way to not spend a lot of money, um, the best way to get best bang for your buck. Um, and most of the time, you know, I actually do my strategy on a piece of paper before I do it online. Okay. Old school. Yeah. Fair very, enough. Very analog. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am 100% with you. I love my notebook it's sitting on the desk next to me right now. Me too. <laughs> nice. Hey, um, just one last little thing sort of around promoting yourself and that sort of things. Instagram bios, you see a lot of them these days, you post blah, 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 link in bio. Does that work? Mm-hmm. And do you have to have one of those, what do they call those tree things where you've got four or five different links on your bio page? Oh, link tree. <laughs> link tree, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I like using Linktree because it gives people, um, so for example, it depends where you want to send them. Um, yep. So it gives people the opportunity to get things quite quickly from from your Instagram account. Um, it's important, I think, if you want people to take an action, if, you, if you've told them to take an action, unfortunately, the bio currently or an ad is the only way to send people through from Instagram. Um, so it does yes. help. Um, with Instagram bios, they're really hard because they're really short. Um, and a lot of people really struggle with this because it's like, you know, when someone says to you in a job interview or anywhere in any social situation, when they say to you, tell me about yourself. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> when someone says that to me, I'm like, which bit? <laughs> I've got 30 <laughs> plus years worth of stories to tell you. Um, where do I start? So, um, that's what an Instagram bio is, right? It's like, tell me about yourself. It's like, well, which bit? Um, here are the bits that I want you to focus on. Who you are, what you do, and why I should care. Fair enough. That's simple. That's good, of course. It's, uh, yep. it's three things, who you are, what you do, and why should I care. Now, the first one is context. Yep. Second one is context. Um, it tells people what it is that you actually do. And the third one is why you should care. Because going back to our Shannon Noll economy, um, <laughs> It is about it is about the users, um, and when you break it down into those three things, it's super easy to write your Instagram bio. Oh, well, there you go. That's uh, maybe I need to rewrite mine. It's uh, 
I love my beer, my wife. And my I'm going to go check yours out now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I love my beer, my wife, and my kids. You, you love your beer? <laughs> check out my blog, please. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I do. I use Canva. Do you know what you should do is I love – I th- I love the fact that you do you write your wife and your kids because then everyone goes okay so he's a family man, um, married family man. Um, I think you should tell people uh, what you yep. do a little bit. So so you've gone straight for check out my blog. I, was, I would say you know what you do. I like we started to brew beer. Yeah, and you said I do it for the love of beer. you know I do it for the love yeah. of the industry. And I think that's an important why because if so many people share that love of the industry, I share the love of the industry with you. So I'd be like, okay. oh, yeah, this is a guy I can, that's I can connect cool. to. That's pretty yeah. cool. Hey, you- so, yeah. I'm going to send you an invoice now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Earlier on in the chat, you mentioned something about a, uh, a social media platform that most people weren't really aware of. Are you allowed to yes. let us in on the secret? Absolutely. Have you heard of the app called TikTok? Oh, my daughter uses it for. It used to be called Musically, didn't it? Yep, yep, yep. So TikTok she makes is, music videos. Yeah. What type of music videos does she make? Oh, ones where she's like lip syncing to Justin Bieber and stuff. Yeah. Do you know I what think? I love? You know what I love? Have you ever downloaded TikTok? No, <laughs> no, no. Should I? Do you, do you know what? It's fascinating. I'm so fascinated because when you tell people <laughs> what is the app that has been downloaded, I think it's two or three more times than Instagram. Nobody can tell you. Wow. Nobody can. Nobody says TikTok. Wow. Um, it. Uh, but yes, it actually did. Bought, um, it did buy Musically. I think for some ridiculous amount, it was like billions, like billions with a B. Um, it's it's crazy. Oh, wow. Um, it is the most downloaded app in the Apple Store. Um, it's like these. These are actually really old statistics, but they're um. It's the sixth most sixth most downloaded app in the world, and that was in like 2018. So now it's so huge. Jeez. There's like two. How? What sort of videos do you produce on it? Um, do you know what the tagline for TikTok is? Which I absolutely love. Um, the tagline for TikTok is real short videos. Cool. Pretty simple. Straight to the point. That's all it is. It's like really short videos. And it is really short videos of crazy stuff. People just doing <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah. People just doing absolutely stuff. Um, it was downloaded more than 660 million times in 2018. Wow. What? And uh, and it's like. What's, what's the demographic though? Because I'm thinking that as you know, someone involved in the craft beer industry, this might appeal more to the younger generation, i.e. like my 11-year-old daughter. Absolutely. It really does. But you know what? This is this is the future. This is where we're going, right? Um, okay. I think uh, a yep. lot of uh, breweries and wineries and brands in general, actually, they see for where we are right now, and I think that's really important. The future is something that you're not participating in is basically the bottom line. Um, we're not participating yep. in TikTok. And if you actually download the app of TikTok, which I, I, I find is so incredibly fascinating, there's two things. Well, the one thing missing from TikTok videos is old people. <laughs> and when I say old people, I don't mean seventies. I mean old. I mean me. Like I mean, you know, thirty plus is old. Yeah. Um, unless they're in there as props or in the background. <laughs> um, right? It's absolutely crazy. But um, but everyone is under thirty years old. Um, and they spend an incredible amount of time on TikTok. Um. And the reason why it matters to everyone now is because 
there are social media platforms where we're all agonizing over hashtags and Facebook and, you know, where to put them. Um, there are apps in the world that we're not participating in that are way bigger than the ones that we're playing in right now. So that's something to think there about. There you go. Those thousands of dollars I've paid for you to get on this podcast have all just been worth it. <laughs> I told you about TikTok. I think you should download it and like do videos yeah. with, you know what? That's what you could do, skate, skateboarding videos, really short skateboarding videos. <laughs> if, if I spend any more time dedicating my life to beer, the social media around it, making videos and everything all for $0, I think I might be divorced. <laughs> we better start making you um, some money then. <laughs> then. Then you're like, nah, hey, I, I, it's work. As, as I said to you before, I, I do this completely for the love of it and I also don't want to um, do anything to do with money because then that means I owe somebody something and I can't do it when <laughs> I want, where I want and how I want. That's the way. That's the way. <laughs> so let's wrap this all up. After all of that, if you were to have a brewery who really wanted to start to take this seriously, who would you suggest they go and check out in the social media world who does it really well? You know well? what? The, um, I think most people uh, tend to look at um, – big breweries and say, oh, wow, they're doing such a great job. And, you know, um, I, I remember, um, do you remember the Young Henry's video um, that they did where it was a, make, they were making like a female beer? It was a joke, but do you remember that? Yep. Incredible, yeah, yeah, like yeah. incredible piece of yep. uh, um, marketing. Like it was just absolutely brilliant, so simple. You know, the tone was right. I mean, that that's one of my favourite uh, videos that – in marketing for a very long time, particularly in our space. Um, but, you know, the brands I really, really, really love, um, they're actually ones that don't, I don't think have huge budgets. Um, they're actually a really small beer brands. And what I really love about them is that they're a little bit scrappy. They still look really good, though, uh, but they're personal. They're human. You can tell that there's somebody that really cares behind it and is trying to show you what, what they do. So um, I'm totally going to name drop them if that's okay, Chris. Yeah, go for it, go for it. So one of my favourites, actually, and I told her this when I saw her, I saw her at the uh, Good Beer Week Gala, is um, Co-Conspirators. So Jackie. Oh, yes. Right? So yeah. she runs Co-Conspirators. She does the social media all herself. Um, it's just brilliant. Like, it's just brilliant. Um, because, I love, I just love their branding. It's great. Isn't it great? Like, it's fun. It's vibrant um they don't take themselves too seriously although they do take their beer very yep. seriously um yes but also um you know the human and it really does feel like you're speaking to a human um but what i really yep. love is that she's consistent um she's not afraid to promote herself which is really really great um and when i mean promote herself i mean promote the brand i think if you turn the, the phone around on jackie she'd be like but why <laughs> um <laughs> Um, well, it's actually funny you should say that because I've invited her to come on to the uh, the podcast. Oh, fantastic. You have to tell her I said that because I, I whacked lyrical with her at the, the Good Beer Week Gala and I was just like, oh, my God, Jackie, you, you, your social media is so on point. Um, and she just tries everything, right? So she, But, yeah, consistency nice. is really important. Um, being yourself is really important. Being human is another one. Um, the other one that cool. I really love is um, Naked Ned, so Bridge Road. Um, oh, yes. And do you know what I yep. love? I love, you know what, these are the bits that I love. I love that he kind of, um, so Ben kind of kind of opens the curtain behind the, the industry and he's so fiercely independent and into bikes. Yep. And, you know, it, it's all the things that you, you can still tell it's him, if that makes sense. Yes. So there's humanity yep. at the core of these. And then the other one is uh, fixation because Tom yeah. takes 
see best pictures, doesn't take himself too seriously, and it's fun. You know what I mean? You, you look at it yep. and beer is meant to be Well, fun. he's fun, isn't he? Yeah. I've got an incredible video of he's him a- I should send you. I would like to see that. <laughs> he's um, a great It's bloke. him throwing hops in the air and in slow-mo. And, you know, just that kind <laughs> of stuff. We, I could have taken just a still image, but, you know, there's so much fun happening um, that, you know, that, that fit is per- the purpose. It's actually really cool. Yeah, nice. Can I throw another one into the mix for that as well? Do it. I'm going to say yeah. Filter. I, I know the guy behind Filter, Steph, a great bloke. The thing I love about Filter is it just looks like I'm looking at a photo album from my childhood, all these sort of 1980s type Filter, stuff. Filter, so there's a PH or? PH, yeah. Oh, I haven't yep. seen it. Yep. I'm going to go have a look now. Yeah, check it out, check it out. They uh, they do a really great job um, just of it's so retro, it's so cool. <laughs> I really love it. Yeah, that is really retro. See, do you know what? That kind of look of filter is very Instagram. Yep, absolutely. And if you put that on Facebook, it looks a, it's a little bit, a little bit out of place. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, it's t- yeah. Oh, it's amazing the nuances between the uh, different social media sort of pipes. I love it. I love it. Enough to make you drink. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> and maybe with that, we should call it quits for today. Because uh, even though it's lunchtime, I'd love to have a beer right now. In fact. One, oh, mate, I'm going to be I'm going to be in Melbourne for Good Beer Week, so I'm going to just try and catch up with you guys and see if I can share a beer because I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat today. Oh, absolutely! I would love a beer, and then I can you know corner you somewhere and tell you even more about social media. <laughs> can you imagine how fun that will be? <laughs> I, I would love it because I've I've learned a hell of a lot today. I've learned not to use so many bloody hashtags, not to worry so much about the timing of my posts, and be nice to people and, and converse with them, and don't be an asshole. <laughs> That's all. But, and I'm just, hoping I didn't have to learn that lesson. No, I'm sure you're fine. And diffuse the jerks. Diffuse the jerks. The good thing about craft beer, other than those dickheads that pour their beers down the drain and make videos of them and, and post them to, to brewery sites, which I think is the height of rudeness, wow. other than that, the majority of the people that are in this craft beer industry, whether that be staff, uh, drinkers, brewers, whatever the case may be, they're generally pretty good people who are really, really in love with this cool thing we call craft beer. Absolutely. You know, I say it all the time, beer people are good people. Oh, I agree with you on that one. And maybe on that note, we'll close off our chat today. So thank you very much, Mariella, for uh, joining me today. It's, it's been absolutely wonderful. We have gone over time, but I don't care. It's been great. <laughs> I told you I could talk underwater with a loaf of bread in my mouth. And you can. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to another Beer Healer interview. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. If you want to follow along with more Beer Healer content, you can check out my Facebook, YouTube and Instagram pages. Just search Beer Healer or you can visit beerhealer.com. If you like the podcast, can you please help me spread the word by subscribing and rating it and sharing it with your beer-loving friends.